Blog Talk Radio. Sunday afternoon, Zion Guy along with the coach with the most coming out from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he's got a boast. Coach Mike Jones. We're going to jump right into the interview today. We have with us, all the way from the great state of Ohio, professional wrestler, professional wrestling trainer, James Avery. Mr. Avery, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. And you said great state of Ohio. I didn't say that. I don't think it's that great. Those are your words, not mine. I will own up to the words. Now, since it is your first time here, I will lead you with our traditional first-timer question here. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Uh, That's a very good question, and the answer is I went to pro wrestling school. Um, I, I mean, I, I know a lot of wrestlers have a lot of cool stories about how them getting into the business. I really wish I was one of those people, but the reality is uh, I don't have a great story. Uh, I was just, you know, like, you know, most of us, a lifelong wrestling fan. And uh, here in Columbus, Ohio, there was a public access station, Channel 21, uh, and it had a uh, pro wrestling show. Um it really wasn't great production. It looked like it was literally filmed in somebody's basement. Uh, it really wasn't great wrestling, but at the time I didn't really care. It was just wrestling. And uh, they also advertised a, a local pro wrestling school. Uh, so when I turned 18, uh, I decided to go. Uh, 1333 West Fifth Avenue. And uh, I jumped into it, and I, I never looked back since. And uh, from that point on, I, I knew I wanted to take it a little bit more seriously. So after a couple months of training, uh, me and my friend Sam, who was also training in there at the time, uh, went to Ocala, Florida to train with uh, Dory Funk Jr. for a bit. Now, like we said, you are from Ohio. It has a very, very long story history when it comes to pro wrestling. It dates back to the very early days of pro wrestling's formation. Uh, Columbus, Ohio was a very, very important 
Wrestling City. There were uh, companies that were based in Columbus. The NWA World Title often was defended there. The original Sheik would come down from Detroit into Ohio a lot. Georgia Championship Wrestling, when it was a thriving territory, would also venture into Ohio for tours. So there's a lot of history just within Ohio dating back to the early territorial days of this business. Do you delve much into the history of your home state as far as wrestling goes? Uh, I try to consider myself a wrestling historian. Uh, admittedly, uh, I don't die. A, a friend of mine, uh, Mike, actually runs a, a, a website and a Facebook group, uh, Pro Wrestling Columbus, uh, where he really dives into the, the territory days, the Wild Bill Currys, uh, the Bobo Brazils, the, the, the um, uh, you know, really going back into the territory days. Um, I, I try to jump into a lot of that as much as I can. Um, I, I could definitely, you know, get a little bit more into it. Uh, but, you know, being an 80s kid myself, my expertise is from, I would say, the Hogan era on, like a lot of people. And from the Hogan era on, there's still a lot of history. Ohio is a very, very large state geographically as well as population. So not only did the NWA hold a lot of shows there, including Riverfront Stadium shows, but the WWF would often pass through all the major Ohio towns, a lot of the smaller towns. Independent pro wrestling really thrived in Ohio because of how many towns were available do you study a lot of sort of the transition from the territorial base of wrestling in Ohio into what became the independent system? Yeah, and, and like I tell a lot of my students at the uh, Ohio Pro Wrestling Academy, which I'm, I'm sure we'll absolutely get into, uh, the good thing with Ohio is even though Columbus in and of itself is not necessarily a hotbed of professional wrestling, uh, you're always, you know, within two hours of, you know, something else. So, you know, like a couple hours within Cincinnati, a couple hours within Cleveland, a couple hours of Indianapolis, a couple hours of Louisville, a couple hours of Pittsburgh, a couple hours out of Buffalo. So if, you know, pro wrestling is, you know, a wagon wheel, Columbus is, is you know, kind of the center um, of that wagon wheel. Uh, so that's why I always you know, tell my students, you know, even though Columbus in and of itself, although it does have its pro wrestling history, isn't necessarily the super hotbed, uh, you know, we're always just so close to pretty much, you know, everything else that's out there. I mentioned the training, and I know you just wrapped up a session here in the last little bit. You've become a very well-noted professional wrestling trainer, when was it in your career that you knew you wanted to do that aspect of the wrestling business? Um, well, uh, I kind of really didn't know I wanted to do it until after the fact. So uh, I would say probably uh, 11, 12 years ago, uh, I was going what I would consider full-time in wrestling. 
Um, I was trying to make a run of it. I was trying to get hired by the big companies. Um, I was doing TV tapings on Tuesdays, wrestling Saturdays, Sundays, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, uh, and I injured my back. Uh, now, a lot of people might be wondering, what cool pro wrestling move did I injure my back from? Um, the reality is I injured my back getting out of an office chair. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always the stupid stuff. Uh, so while I was at home feeling sorry and pathetic and sad for myself, um, I always kind of wondered, like, man, what if I took what I know now and I put it in the body of, like, an 18-year-old? Uh, and I was sitting at home, and my wife went, you know, why don't you just do that? And I turned to my wife, and I told her, like, you idiot, we don't have the technology for that yet. And she's like, no, no, like, you've always talked about opening a school. Why don't you just do it? And I always kind of thought, you, you know, although I had my, you know, little pockets of respect within the local pro wrestling community, you know, I never, quote, made it. I, you know, I didn't wrestle through, like, the major leagues or whatever. Uh, and I always thought you kind of had to be famous to open a wrestling school. Um, but at the time, a void kind of opened up in the area. The big wrestling school at the time was Jeff Cannon's uh, Big Guns Wrestling School in uh, Shockton. And at the time, he just closed down, so there was kind of a void in training. Uh, and my wife just kind of encouraged me to get off my ass and just do it. Uh, so I borrowed uh, um, about a uh, $2,000 from my parents. I had a couple bucks in rent to get a small building, um, about $1,500 to buy a uh, uh, well-loved ring, we'll word it that way. Uh, and I kind of just did it. And really after the first months of wrestling school, I really fell in love with it. And uh, I, I kind of realized that as much as I love wrestling, uh, I would say teaching has actually become my, my real passion. Um, I, I absolutely love the teaching aspect of professional wrestling. Um, and from that point on, it just kind of hit the ground running, and it took off. And uh, 11 uh, years later, the Ohio Pro Wrestling Academy is still open and thriving today. One of the standouts at least in my eyes, that you have trained over the last several years is the wrestler out of Guinea, West Africa, Queen Amanada. She has become a very, very well-known star in the independent circuit. What was it like getting her foot in the door of the pro wrestling industry? Um, I consider her one of my greatest success stories, but not for the reason most people think. Um, everybody sees the finished product. What they don't realize uh, was this uh, very shy woman, very reserved, uh, very conservative in her dress. Um, you know, she knew English, but she wasn't as comfortable with it as, as she is now. Um, and she just wanted to be a professional wrestler. And she came in, and she was the most horrible professional wrestler trainee you could ever ask for. She had two left feet. She was incredibly clumsy. Uh, she always second-guessed herself. Uh, she was just, she was horrible. But she never gave up. She always had a great attitude. Um, 
She always put in the work. She was always the hardest worker in the room. And I would actually say she has taught me to become a better trader. Um, after, I want to say, about six or eight months, she just wasn't getting it. And it got to the point where I, I kind of had a conversation with my other trainers about, man, I, I don't know if we need to pull her aside and kind of have a conversation that maybe this isn't for her. And, and I don't know didn't do that. And within the next week, it's like a switch went off. And she, and she just started to get it. She got her confidence, her abilities came. And um, you, you, she, it, like overnight, she just started to get it. So um, that's why she's one of my success stories, not because she was a natural. The fact that she wasn't a natural, the fact that she was always a hard worker, and she kind of proves that you know, it doesn't matter if you have a great background or if it doesn't matter if this is the first thing you've ever done. As long as you show up, you're coachable, you have a good attitude, um, you stick with it long enough and, and good things, you know, can eventually happen. Uh, and and uh, like I said, she taught me to be a better trainer to, you know, not give up on anyone. Now our motto is, you know, students will give up way before we do. Uh, so she even kind of taught me, you know, never give up on people. As long as they're showing up wanting to get better, then it's my job to, to make that happen. And one of the things in a lot of wrestling schools, at least in the last maybe 20 years that I've noticed, a lot of places will teach the basics of professional wrestling they will teach you how to do moves how to do counter moves they will teach you conditioning but they don't necessarily teach you things you need to know business wise they don't teach you the etiquette of how to reach out to promoters how to approach other wrestlers in a locker room they don't teach you travel etiquette necessarily things like that can really curtail a young wrestler's career because it will damage their reputation from the very start. Do you delve much into out-of-the-ring training, or do you stick mainly with between the ropes? Heck, I would say more of our training is outside the ring. I kind of think we've spent the last hour and a half training uh, just sitting around talking. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. The, the out-of-the-ring aspect in professional wrestling uh, may be more important. In fact, there's a saying within acting that, uh, you know, all actors are, are professional auditioners. And, you know, the acting is kind of the fun part. Um, with professional wrestling, and I say this to, uh, you know, all of our potential students, uh, everybody thinks once you learn how to become a professional wrestler, you can just get in the ring and have matches. The hard part is getting the work. The hard part is getting the opportunities. Um, on an average show, there may be anywhere between 14 to 24, 26 wrestlers. There's more than 20, There's more than double that out of my school alone. Uh, the hard part is getting the work. The hard part is getting the opportunities. The hard part is networking. Uh, in my opinion, the actual wrestling match, the actual 8 to 12 to 15 minutes that you're in that ring, that's the bonus. That's the cherry on top. Um, 
And uh, the reason why is really I, I never had a mentor figure coming up in professional wrestling. I never had anyone kind of showing me the ropes. Yeah, I went, I went to the local wrestling school in Columbus, and yeah, I went to Dory Funks, but, like, I really never had a mentor figure that kind of showed me, like, okay, this is how you handle yourself. So the reality is is I did everything the wrong way. I learned everything the wrong way. Um, I burned a lot of bridges. I made a lot of enemies. I, uh, you know, I did everything the wrong way. And, you know, it wasn't deliberate. It wasn't like I had, like, an, an ego or anything. It, the reality was nobody showed me the right way. Um so that's part of my philosophy with the wrestling school is I'll be the first to admit uh, I don't know everything about professional wrestling, but I pretty much know every wrong way to handle yourself uh, in the back. So, you know, let me make those mistakes for you so that way you don't have to. For your own personal career, you've been more of a big man, power man type of wrestler as a trainer, is it easier for you to teach that style and that body type as far as big men, or do you have an easier time with perhaps a different style within professional wrestling? Uh, well, I'd say I'm a late-in-life fat guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I first started, uh, I was kind of more of a high flyer. I did all the moon flips. Uh, did the 450s, which all kind of bust that out once in every blue moon. Um, but I, I've kind of pretty much done all styles. I, I've, you know, my weight's always, you know, I'll be the first to admit I've never been a body guy. My weight's kind of always fluctuated um, through my career. Um, you know, I put on some healthy COVID weight. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. Um, but my wrestling style has always kind of been fundamentals first. Um, I've never really focused on a lot of the crazier stuff. Um, my my belief is always, you know, just do three things, but just do those three things very, very well. So I, I kind of think that my fundamentals first approach lends itself extremely well to training. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't want a bunch of James Avery clones. So my attitude is, okay, I'm going to show you the fundamentals. I'm going to show you the basics. Uh, I'm going to show you, you know, footwork, things like that. Uh, and then our students are encouraged to experiment, encouraged to try new things. Uh, in fact, we even did a class on dives today. Um, I, I had students who, you know, aren't comfortable leaving their feet. Uh, like, go, no, go in there, dive over the ropes, and we'll catch you. Um, I, I feel, you know, fundamentals are extremely important, but that point on, uh, I think you need to experiment. I think you need to try new things and, you know, really find out who you are as a professional wrestler. Well, at this point, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by. I know Coach has questions to ask as well, so I'll pass things right over to the coach with the most. Mike Jones. Sorry. Hey, brother, how you doing? I'm doing as good me? as I look, and that's great. I can hear you just fine. Okay, nice. Man, I'm enjoying your story and, and uh, your perspective on wrestling and what you have to offer with your school and your outlook on everything. Man, it's pretty. It's, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. 
Thank you. Okay, and then uh, I'm going to start off with my first segment is called Heroes. Tell the fans, who were your heroes growing up in ordinary life? In ordinary life, I was I, I, w- I was pretty much a nerd growing up. Uh, I really didn't watch traditional sports. Um, I just kind of stayed home, played Nintendo, watched cartoons, which I have, I have a bone to pick with the current generation because that stuff is now cool, and everyone Goodness, yeah. plays games, whereas, you know, I was picked on and called a nerd and beat up over what I liked. So I kind of have a bone to pick with the younger generation. Um, But I I don't know if heroes would be the right word, but, I mean, of course I had people that I looked up to. uh, Like in wrestling, a lot of my favorite wrestlers were the non-traditional guys. Uh, My my favorite wrestler, you know, growing up was, was Owen Hart. Um, and not to get on the Owen Hart bandwagon, but he was always the one guy that was different. Uh, you know, WWF at the time was full of giants, uh, was full of everybody taking it seriously. I will destroy you. I'll do this. Owen Hart was the one. He was the small guy. He was the athletic guy. And, and he always looked like he was having fun. He always looked like he was making a joke of everything. Uh, he was always the one guy that was different and that's what i think drew me to him so much oh and arnold schwarzenegger i I would say arnold schwarzenegger was the closest to a hero because again i grew up in the 80s and schwarzenegger could beat up anyone okay and then what about uh in sports heroes in sports I, i never really watched traditional sports um Okay. I mean, I, I initially grew up in Cleveland, so, like, you know, my dad would watch the Cleveland Browns, but once they left Cleveland, it was like, oh, we stopped watching that. Uh, grew up watching okay. boxing, uh, you know, during the Mike Tyson era, but, um, you know, I was young and naive, so I kind of looked at Mike Tyson like a villain. Uh, so, I, honestly, I was more of a nerd. I really didn't watch traditional sports. And then what about any heroes in music? Uh, I, I know I'm, I'm sounding lamer and lamer the more questions you ask. I, I really didn't listen to a lot of music. Uh, okay. Again, my, my, my big thing, yeah, my big thing was like video games and stuff. Like, I really didn't get into a lot of music until I started watching uh, ECW uh, in the late 90s. Okay. Um, I, I think that's when I first, like, started listening to music because in ECW they used – you know, they didn't use in-house production music. They used actual, like, licensed music. Um, and uh, that was, that was like, around the time of, like, Napster and stuff like that. Um, I don't think I've actually ever bought, like, a record or a CD in my entire life, honestly. I don't think okay, I really got into music right. until the, the Napster era. So if you want to okay. call me, like, a, a pirate who steals music, then go for it. It's all good, and then so we like to stick stick on the early, stick on your early path still here. Did you play sports in high school and growing up? Um, I did wrestle in high school only because I knew I wanted to get into professional wrestling. So, 
I just assumed that was like the natural step. Like, okay, you become a wrestler in high school and then you become like a professional wrestler. So even though okay. I wrestled in high school, uh, I, I didn't really like it. I thought it was boring. I hated conditioning. Um, I just wanted to play around and give everyone diamond cutters to the point where my coach would get mad every time. Like, you dumb kids, we're not doing any survival rumbles or any of that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and then that leads to the next question. Of your, Okay, we know you got elite, collegiate and pro wrestling for your self-defense. What other self-defense background do you have? Self-defense background? Yes. Um, I can... I can cry like a girl if I need to. I could I could scream, I don't know you, that's my purse. I, I've been practicing on that pretty well. Um, that's nice, yes. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I mean, I, I've, I've dabbled in other things. I've dabbled in catch wrestling. I've dabbled in jiu-jitsu. Um, but, again, it all kind of comes back to pro, pro wrestling. I, I would just do those things because I thought those skills – would kind of help translate over to pro wrestling. Okay, yeah, nice. And then uh, what different characters have you played? That's the thing. With with very, very, very few exceptions, I've done, like, some uh, uh, comic book conventions where I've done mass characters. Uh, Thing is, I've never, ever really played a character. I've... uh, James Avery huh. is is my real name, so yeah, I've always yeah. just I've always just been myself, just turned up. Um, I, I even even though I'm I'm pretty much a bad guy, it's not like I intentionally go out and play a bad guy. I think I just got that personality that just rub a lot of people the wrong way, and I just be I'm just fortunate enough to be in an industry where that's marketable. Yes. Okay. Now my next segment is called favorites. Sign guy and the fans would love to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. Coffee is is uh, black coffee. I like I like to taste my stimulants. I like coffee to taste like dirt. Okay. And plain then, plain what? black coffee. Um. Now, th- these next two favorites are standards for my show, but I'm not sure what the answers could be. What What is your favorite concert you've seen? Uh, I would say man, it's it's been over 10 years since my last concert. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of, like, 80s rock and stuff like that. Uh, it would be a, a Def Leppard concert. I would say that's probably the best concert I've ever been to. It was Def Leppard, Ario Speedwagon, and um, I forget. I don't know. I get hit in the head a lot. Okay. And then uh, uh, what have been your favorite sports teams, if you've ever had a favorite sports team? Um. I would say the Cleveland Indians when when uh, Wild Thing was playing for them. Okay. Uh, when yeah, when uh, Wild Thing was playing for the Cleveland Indians, I know they had that feud with the the Yankees. So 
uh, I would say that team. And um, I would say the uh, Miami Dolphins, especially when they lost their dolphin and they had to hire that, uh, that animal detective to help them out. Um, but yeah. they ended up getting Dan Marino and the dolphin back. So I, I would go with them. Okay, nice. Now, what are the most memorable matches you've ever seen? Ever seen? Um, matches that I like to watch most often. Um, this is going to sound random, uh, but it was a Monday Night Raw. It was filmed in Germany. Uh, it was Owen Hart versus British Bulldog for uh, the European uh the finals of the first ever European champion. Um, and I just remember that match because uh, Raw didn't really do a lot of bad guy versus bad guy matches, uh, especially guys who were actively in a team. Um, yeah. And that was like, that was, you know, normally in, in American, North American wrestling, uh, the goal is, you know, to tell a story, good guy versus bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that was the first time I ever saw a match where the goal was to have a, quote, good match. Um, okay, and I always yeah. encourage my students to, to go back and watch Owen Hart versus Bulldog in Germany for the finals of the uh, European title tournament. Um, that okay, one yes. def, that one definitely sticks out. Okay, any more that we could look at? Um, uh, guilt, guilty as charged ninety nine. Um, Lance Storm versus Jerry Lynn. Um, I, I hate quote work the body part matches, but um, that was it's going to sound corny, but uh, Lance Storm basically worked Jerry Lynn's ribs for the whole match. Uh, and that match was a, a master class on 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 how to uh, how to, how to like react at, you know to injuries and, and things like that. Um, I love that match. And then uh, also one that comes to mind is uh, one night stand Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Um, oh yes. One of the most whole... brutal matches ever. Like I feel and, and guilty whole... for watching it. That whole series, yeah, yeah, and then it, that ma- that series of matches made you feel like the Rock in uh, Mankind when the Mankind's tied up and then uh, he keeps getting hit with the chair or whatever. You know, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, the, the oh, thing was awesome in Tanaka. They had a lot of battles, but that that the one at one night stand was, in my opinion, by far the worst. And on one on one hand, the wrestling purist in me is screaming like, "That's stupid! Don't do that! All that does is risk, you know, serious injury." Yeah. And you know, again, the purist in me just cringes and wa- watching it. But on the other hand, like, you can't help not to be entertained. Like, you can't argue that you know you're, you're not you know, involved in that match. Like, you can't say that you don't like that match. So I'm always conflicted. The wrestling purist in me, like, hates it, but I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit there and watch it. Well, yeah, and then think about it. Remember the name, ECW. It represented a form that that's what that form was. It was like a martial arts style, kill the guy wrestling. And they represented it all the way. 
Well, there, I mean, there is a way to do like chair shots and, you know, there's a way to use tables and, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, you don't want to kill the other guy that you're working with at the end of the day, yeah, you know, exactly. you, you, everyone's still, but the fact that, you know, awesome and Tanaka were just hitting each other full force in the head, no protection, not protecting themselves. Like, you you can't fake that. Like that is just, yes. you know, like you, even done perfectly, like it's it's you know you're doing serious damage. Um, that, so, you know there there is there is a way to use tables. There's a way to use chairs. There's a way to do all that and not kill each other. And they just didn't bother with any of it. Uh, Mike often had one of the most. Mike awesome had probably the most unsafe power bomb in all of professional wrestling. Goodness, um, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean power bombs even done perfectly hurt. Like there Goodness, is yeah. you can't you can't fake gravity. There's no way around it. But the way Mike Awesome would do it is they would always land on the back of their head each and every time. Goodness, yes. Okay, now we're excited to hear your most memorable matches you've been involved with. My goodness. Um, I, I, I was actually talking about this with my students before we left. Um, so uh, it, it also happens to be one of my worst matches. Um, but um, me and my friend Sam, we were dressed up as, as two comic characters. Uh, I was I was uh, I was uh, doing a Winnie the Pooh character, and he was a radioactive cheese dinosaur. And we were in a comic book convention, and we were going around the comic book convention, and we found a booth for uh, these beanbag chairs that were the size of couches. So we're like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna go slam each other into these beanbag chairs, and he goes to suplex me. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to block the suplex. Um, but uh-huh. that, was not the in- that was not the intention. So he basically deadlifted me over his head into the beanbag chair. And even though his character, um, um, even though his character didn't talk, he turned around and basically screamed at me for being heavy. Um, so, you know, ju- just the idea of us, in in costumes fighting in the middle of a, a comic book convention uh for some reason comes to mind um thing the thing is i've had i've had thousands of matches so it's it's always really hard to you know narrow it down to a few um i'll i'll drop a couple names down here if they count uh early on in my wrestling career uh literally the first time i ever met cm punk was in the middle of yeah. the ring. Yeah. Um, nice. Like, 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 literally the first because he was running so late, he was not in the building by the time I came to the ring. So I came. I was in the ring, and CM Punk was not even in the building yet. So he, I'm in the ring. I'm stalling for time. He literally pulls up, goes through the back, comes out the curtain, and literally the first time we meet was in the middle of the ring. Um, um, so that, that's, that's one that comes to mind. Um, so, so many others, I, I, I could sit here forever and tell stories like that. 
Okay, well, sign guy's got us on a time limit. He goes to one hour show, so there's like 25 <laughs> minutes left here. We'd like you to dig a little deeper and give us a few more of those memorable matches, brother. Uh, fair enough. Um, uh, I'll drop I'll drop another name. Um, so Brutus Beefcake uh, was one of my one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Um, I, I thought I, I was always a Brutus Beefcake fan, and uh, I had the opportunity to wrestle him, and. Um, for some reason, I ended up getting to the show late. Um, so I get to the building, and uh, I go I go in the back, I go to the locker room to say my hellos to everyone, and all everybody says is, hey, Beefcake's a jerk, Beefcake's a jerk, don't talk to him, Beefcake's a jerk. I'm like, okay, well, that's not great, because typically what we would call, uh, quote, names, um, the reality is uh, most of them aren't great to work with. Um, most of them are just in it for a quick payday. Um, they're, you know, they don't necessarily have your best interests at heart. They're just there to kind of do their thing, get in and get out. Um, exactly. Which, yeah. I, which I, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's you know, it's not in their best interest to make the local guy look good. So, uh, you know, on on one hand, you know, you can't fault them for that. But on the other hand, it's always disappointing when you're. It's always disappointing when you're getting ready to wrestle someone that you looked up to because you always know it's going to be different. Yeah. Like, yeah. like every time. Um, so this night, I go in the back. Everybody's like, beefcake's a jerk, beefcake's a jerk. So I go all the way in the back. Um, I drop my bag down. I go up to beefcake. like, hello, I'm James. I'm James. Uh, we're wrestling tonight. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking forward to working with you uh, tonight. And he looks at me, he's like, oh, wow, you're, you're the first person to introduce yourself uh, to me all night. Dang. So, so the fact that everybody in the back was going, Beefcake's a jerk, like not one person went up and introduced themselves to him. <laughs> I know, they, yeah, they, yeah. Just, they just kind of had it in their mind that he was a jerk and they're not going to approach him, they're not going to shake his hand or anything. So I go up to him, he's like, wow, yeah. you're the, yeah, and, and, and he's like, wow, you're, you're the first guy to come up to, to me and talk to me. So he's like, I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll do whatever you want. And uh, I was a couple years in, so I kind of knew that, again, quote, names, you know, don't really do a lot of moves per se. They're just kind of in there to do their own thing. And he's like, no, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll do whatever you want. He's like, we'll do whatever okay, you want. Yeah. I'll, I'll take, he's like, I'll take all your moves. I'm like, I don't oh, know, man. My, my, I'm like, some of my stuff is kind of – Kind of big. He's like, no, oh, no, that's fine. I'll, 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 he's like, well, I'll work with you tonight. So okay, um, So uh, I, I, I think I had a hell of a match with Beefcake, who was not just in it, you know, for the, the the typical payday. Like we actually had a pretty solid match, and I enjoyed my time with him. Uh, and that really also kind of just taught me a lesson of, you know, even even if everybody's talking so, uh, bad about somebody, like. Yeah, you 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 know I, I I you know when it comes to that I don't take anybody else's word for it. You know I I always want to uh, I always want to strike up my own opinion about people. Um, there's a lot of people in wrestling even nowadays that generally I, I'm not going to name names, but they're generally not well liked in the locker room for whatever reason. But I, I they always treat me fine. So as long as they treat me okay and treat my students okay. 
um, then, you know, they're for the most part, they're, they're okay in my book. Yes, for sure. That leads to my next question, which who are your favorite people to work or have been? Um, so, um, I, I know, I know my students are going to take this the wrong way, but like, I, I don't want to wrestle my students anymore. It feels like, because, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm closely associated with my school, Ohio Pro Wrestling Academy. Um, and, you know, I only wrestle anymore in the central Ohio area. Uh, I tend to not travel a, a whole lot with the exception of a couple trips to, to um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I usually wrestle my guys a lot, uh, and I'm I'm always looking to test myself. I'm always looking to test, uh, you know, my abilities with other people. So whenever I get an opportunity um, to work someone outside of my school or outside of my camp, good or bad, I always jump on that because um, – I, I mean, working my students is fun, but I taught them what they know. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and so, you know, I, I, you know, I know what the match is going to be. That's why, you know, good or bad, um, you know, I like working other experienced veterans. I, I like working brand new people who go to other schools and, you know, are perhaps taught um, differently. Um, but basically, any time I get a chance to, to work someone Anytime I get a chance to work somebody different, um, I'm all about that. Um, but from my school, um, anytime I get a chance to uh, wrestle with Warhoss, um, Warhoss, I, I think, are criminally underrated when it comes to their minds uh, in wrestling. Um, you know, Warhoss has a reputation of just being two giant, you know, pardon the pun, bruisers who, you know, go around smash people. Um, I don't think they get the credit for how smart they are when it comes to the wrestling business. Um, I enjoy wrestling both members of Warhoss. Um, I enjoy wrestling Queen Aminata, although she is probably the hardest hitter uh, that I know in professional wrestling. Um, I, re- I like wrestling Austin Blaze. I like wrestling Louise Casanova. Um, there's really not a lot of people that I generally don't like to wrestle. Um, Generally, as long as people like, I I hate to give you a non-answer, but I, 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 part of, part of the fun for wrestling for me is like meeting new people, working new people, challenging myself. Um, Generally, as, as long as, you know, they have a good attitude, I don't care if they're quote good or bad. Um, if they're a good wrestler, that's that's fine. I know I can relax and we have a good match. If they're a quote bad wrestler, then that that's fine too because I always look forward to a challenge. I'm always looking for an opportunity to challenge myself uh, and work, you know, within the limitations that I've been given. Okay, right on. And then uh, we're big fans and friends with the five most wanted in Cody Hawk. So. Uh, have you worked with those guys, and what's your opinion of those guys? I have never wrestled Cody Hawk, which is weird, because we have kind of been around the same area for the past 20 years. Uh, <laughs> and for whatever reason, for I, I don't know why, um, I've never been in the ring with Cody Hawk or Sean Casey. Um, 
and again, it's it's weird. We've both kind of been in the same circles. Um, I think the only time Cody Hawk and myself have ever been in the ring uh, was in an HWA War Games match way back in the day. Okay. Uh, but, of course, War Games are usually four on four or five on five. And even though Cody Hawk and I were in the same match, um, I don't think we even touched each other. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. But um, you've been in the. You could actually, actually say you've been in the ring with him. Yes. Exactly. I, I well, wow. Well, it was it was well it was two rings together. So I guess I've, okay. I've, <laughs> I guess I've technically I've technically been in a ring with Cody Hawk, but I don't yeah, think yeah, we've yeah. ever like. I, I don't think we've ever like actually like wrestled. Um, okay. And I, I and I'm, I'm I'm sure it would be fine, but we're we're both we're both kind of what you call shot callers. We're both kind of ring generals. Uh, you know, we both like to kind of work a certain way. Um, so you you know, it would be a very interesting style. You know, typically you know, the best wrestling matches are, you know, you typically have a shot caller and you typically have someone who's just kind of, you know, going with the flow. So, I mean, it would be an interesting match, but yeah, like I would say in like tw- uh, over 20 years, yeah, we, we've never wrestled each other for whatever reason. Okay. And then that area is a staple of midget wrestling. And then of course, uh, you know, you got Smalls over there, too, part of the five most wanted. What about him in, in the midget wrestling? I have I have wrestled uh uh Smalls very recently and it was it was a lot of fun. Uh goodness, like, I don't huh? know what it's... my god. What's up? I said goodness, huh? My god, I'd love to see that. Uh, yeah, I wrestled Smalls here, the the Buckeye Wrestling Alliance here in Newark, Ohio, and it was, uh, I mean, it was fun. I mean, the the match pretty much, you know, the story uh, basically writes itself. Um, I've always gotten along <laughs> with Smalls. Uh, I've I've promoted shows before and and used Smalls, so uh, I've always gotten along with him. But um, right on, yeah, yeah he's a I, good guy. I I I did. I did wrestle him one time, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we were honored to have him in the Northwest, just like we're honored to have you today, you know. And uh, so who were some of the toughest opponents you faced in your career? Um, it, 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 I guess this is fresh on my mind. Um, the hardest I've ever been hit in my life was uh, Luis Casanova giving me a chop. Now, um uh, for for those of you who are familiar with Luis Casanova, he he is he is very strong. <laughs> and um, notice I did not say the hardest I've been hit in pro wrestling or the hardest you know I, I've been chopped. No, l- literally the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. Period was Luis Casanova. Um, as far as like tough goes. Uh, he would probably be at the top of the list. Uh, and, in fact, in addition to professional wrestling, uh, he actually won his uh, MMA debut last week or two weeks ago. Uh, he won in a minute and nine seconds. Um, so, so yeah, as far as tough, uh, he's definitely up there. Uh, again, I, I know I'm going to be saying a lot of the same names. Uh, Queen Aminata is e- extremely tough. 
she is one of the, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been as kicked as hard as someone is the uh, Queen Aminata. Uh, Warhoss, of course, is tough. Um, you know, like, like David Schultz would say, you know, it, it, it's a tough business. You've you got to have a certain level of toughness to be a professional wrestler. Uh, it takes a, a special kind of crazy to get thrown down on the mat time after time after time again. Yes, definitely. Okay. And then what are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the business? Don't. <laughs> okay. We, we get don't, that. Don't. We get that a portion of the time, yes. Yeah, and this and this is me running a professional wrestling school. Uh, whenever oh, somebody goodness. comes in, for, whenever somebody comes in for a tryout, I'm the first person to tell them, "Don't, don't go, go home, go to school. If you don't like college, go to a trade school. Go, go live your life. Don't tear <laughs> up your body." Um, it, the the reality is, professional wrestling is not for everyone. Uh, and yes, I run a professional wrestling school. I will be the first person to say pro wrestling is not for everyone. It takes a special kind of crazy to want to get it thrown does. down on the ground. Um, yes. But if you if you do want to get into professional wrestling, um, obviously go to a reputable school. Um, I am I am biased, but uh, you know Ohio Pro Wrestling uh, Academy. Uh, out of uh, Columbus, Ohio, um, obviously. Um, if you're uh, if you're around uh, Michigan, uh, uh, Skull and Bones out of Toledo, I would also recommend them. Uh, if you're near West Virginia, Southern Ohio, uh, Power Slam Academy by Chance Profit, I would be comfortable uh, suggesting them as well. Um, go to a reputable school. Um, because you have to realize not every trainer has your best interests in mind. Um, so, you know, they don't necessarily have to be on TV, but, you know, ask around the wrestling community. Ask people you look up to about reputable wrestling trainers. Um, take, take care of your body. Take care of your body early on. Uh, I always strongly recommend yoga for all of my students. Um, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but yoga has greatly extended my career. Uh, so I always stress the importance of body maintenance early on while you're young. Uh, get into yoga. Watch what you eat. Uh, you know, take, take care of your body now so that hopefully, you know, when you're 40 like me, you don't feel like I do every day. Um, okay. And. And the, and the big thing is is you have to understand pro wrestling is sacrifice. Um, relationships, school, jobs, they don't understand. They don't understand the pro wrestling lifestyle. Um, everybody is supportive at the beginning. Uh, we hear from students all the time, oh, no, my wife supports me, my family supports me, my friends support me. They only support su- support you for so long, but after you tell them, no, we can't go on a date, i got to go to a show. No, I can't go out and hang out with you, i got to go to a show. Your, your friends only take no so many times before they just straight up stop calling you. Um, so you, ha- you have to realize pro wrestling is a sacrifice. You're going to sacrifice your body. You're going to sacrifice your time. You're going to sacrifice your money. 
And the reality is pro wrestling doesn't owe anybody anything. Um, There's a, a saying that, hey, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. That is not pro wrestling. Pro wrestling, you might get out of it what you put into it. Uh, or you might not get an opportunity at all. Um, so yeah. if, you're, if you're going to get into pro wrestling, everybody thinks the hard part is, is in the ring. Everybody thinks the hard part is taking slams, taking chops, taking clotheslines. That's the easy part. The hard part is getting in the car, riding for four hours yeah. straight, yeah, getting, this, getting this show, helping set up, Work it, you know, working out beforehand, uh, doing 10 minutes of match time, tearing down the ring, driving four hours home, and then getting up to go to the gym the next day. Um, yeah. I, 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 when everybody watches like WWE or, or, or uh, AEW or anything like that, here's the thing. You're watching the final product. You're watching the, the finished product. Most people don't understand the grind. Most, under, most people don't realize for every move you've seen on TV, those people have done it probably a thousand times before. Um, so, you know, if you're going to get into it, you've you got to love wrestling. Wrestling doesn't love you back, and wrestling doesn't owe you anything. Um, so whenever we get students at the Ohio Pro Wrestling Academy, we stress, you know, this is, this is what you're getting into uh, and you know you need to make sure you need to make sure you're ready for this. Uh, I don't think people realize the, the expense, and I'm not just talking financial. Uh, it affects it affects jobs, it affects relationships, it affects families, and and, and they don't understand that. Well, well, why can't you just take one wrestling show off? If you know show one wrestling show just because like your wife tells you to, you think that promoter's ever going to call you again? Yeah, goodness. I know. Yeah. Okay, and then that's that's good. That's awesome advice, man. Amen. And then before uh, we got about six minutes left here, but before before I let you back over to Sign Guy, tell everybody what you got coming up and how do they get a hold of you? Of course. So I'm not huge on social media. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for professional wrestling, I probably wouldn't be on it. Uh, but you can uh, reach me at uh, facebook.com slash the James Avery. Um, you can also go to my school's website, which is ohioprowrestlingacademy.com. Uh, we have almost a full class, but at, the time, at, at this time we are still currently accepting tryouts. Uh, however, the school is almost at capacity, so I don't know how much longer that's going to be. And that's not a sales pitch. That's just you know, the truth. As far as right. what is coming up, uh, in July 15th, uh, BWA, Buckeye Wrestling Alliance, uh, myself and my tag partner, Aaron Norman, are defending the tag titles uh, against uh, VO2 Fitness uh, and Delta Grappling Academy. Um, Joe and uh, Teddy Bear, uh, this will be their debut match. Uh, they are coming from the world of boxing and MMA and this will be their uh, debut match. Um, also, uh, the, week, uh, the weekend after, uh, RCW Revolutionary Championship Wrestling in Portsmouth, Ohio. 
Uh, the last show was a legitimate sellout at about a thousand people. Uh, so uh, I'm always looking forward to RCW. Uh, and then the next uh, show, is, big show that I want to advertise is Saturday, September 30th in Columbus, Ohio. Um, Pro Wrestling Live, we do one show a year. Uh, uh, this year we are doing a homecoming King of the Ring. Uh, so we're doing a one-night tur- uh, tournament to determine our homecoming king or queen. Uh, and that's basically our annual student show, um, and, and that's always a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, uh, you can always reach me at ohioprowrestlingacademy.com. Nice. Okay, I want to wish you all the luck in the world, and I want to give you back to Sign Guy because he's so, he's so fly, he's going to take you to the sky. He loves that the Cincinnati Reds are in first place. He's better than baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. Stein guy. Thank you, Coach. Well, James Avery, we have one game we like to play here on the show. We call it Word Association. I'll throw out the names of people you most likely have come across in your career. First word or two that pops to mind is the answer. Are you prepared for some word association? Okay. Here we go. Drew Skills. Drew Skills. First word? Apollo. I always associate him with his tag partner because I I go way back with Apollo, but I I, I, I don't really have the chance to talk to Drew as much as I'd like. Nothing wrong with having the soul shooters as a tandem. (laughs) <laughs> Next one, Sammy Callahan. Uh, Sammy Callahan. Uh, uh, he used to be my roommate, uh, and I am very happy yeah. for his success within within the business. Um, I know that's not a one word association. I'm I'm failing at your game. I apologize. I'm the worst. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> all good. All good. Next name. Shauna Reed. Shauna Reed. Oh, don't I don't have a lot of interaction uh, with her. She uh, she uh, had a, a match uh, when I went down to FCW um, uh, with the local uh, uh, MRDD, and um, I, I remember that match being really good, very, very emotional. I don't have a lot of interaction with her, but uh, I've seen what I like so far. I liked what I've seen so far. Sherman Tank. That's a name I haven't heard of in a while. Uh, I always remember his Miss Senton, because every match he would do a a back Senton from the middle rope, and then he would get up and do like a silent scream in pain. (laughs) That's what's coming to mind offhand. The time traveler Dale Pierce. Uh, no, I'm going to be honest. I get hit in the head a lot. Nothing's coming to mind offhand. I apologize. Cody Hawk. Uh, Cody Hawk. Um, midgets. Is that the, is that the PC word right now? <laughs> That's their preferred term. So I think so. All right. 
Gregory I, know, I know that's who he's working with, right? I know that's who he's working with right now. So, indeed. Next name, Greg Iron. Gregory Irons. Um, uh, in, inspirational. John Moxley. John Moxley. I'm trying to think of like a radio safe description. <laughs> um, super quick. I'm um, super quick story. I know this is a word association. Uh, so way back in the day, uh, my father-in-law passed away. Um, uh, I did a benefit show for the local firefighter community because he happened to be a firefighter. Uh, and outside of my core group of friends, not only was John Moxley the first wrestler to offer his condolences, he drove himself from Philly um, to do a benefit show here in Newark uh, for free. And for that, I will. Yeah. Uh, all, he, he, and for that, he always has my respect forever. Awesome. All right. Final name on the list: Butcher Manson. Butcher Manson. Um, I, I'm familiar with him, but I've never really had a lot of interaction with him. Fair enough. Uh, you weren't familiar with time traveler Dale Pierce. He was a manager that was in Ohio for many, many years, wrote several historical books. So if you're looking to learn a little more Ohio history, I would recommend picking up a copy of that particular book. He did one on Akron in particular. Yeah, the the name does sound familiar, but generally if I've never had a direct interaction with him, just nothing come to mind offhand. Totally understand that. Well, we are at the end of the show today, so if there's anything you want to say, plug, promote, floor is yours. Uh, again, if you want to become a professional wrestler and you are in the uh, Ohio area or even a state or two out of the way, uh, check out Ohio Professional um, Wrestling Academy.com, Ohio Pro Wrestling Academy.com. Uh, we offer uh, free tryouts. Um, at least come see if professional wrestling is for you or not. Uh, and again, uh, Buckeye Wrestling Alliance, Newark, Ohio, July 15th. Uh, that will be a sellout, so make sure you get your tickets. Uh, Revolutionary Championship Wrestling, Portsmouth, Ohio. Uh, and then, of course, ProWrestlingLive.com for uh, Pro Wrestling Live September 30th. And that's it. Well, we want to thank you very much for being here with us. We know you had a busy day with training so we appreciate the time best of luck as you continue forward with your career i appreciate it. thank you very much for having me on the show thank absolutely you. fans make sure you get familiar jump on the youtube check out james avery lots out there his trainees also very good check those guys out coach have you some plugs to put on there Yes, you guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Coming at you from coast to coast. I don't want to brag, but I got to boast. So give a toast with the coach with the most. You check out, check me out on my show every Saturday at noon Pacific normally. Been doing it at different times uh, off and on. I just did Stuart Kemp yesterday, Bulldog Brown Jr. I really enjoyed that one. Next Saturday the 8th, I got Michelle Starr, 
July 15th, that's the same day as the Neverwere concert in Ravensdale, Washington. But on July 15th, I'm still trying to find a time to get Jim Valley back. July 22nd, Bruiser Joe. July 29th, the special with Ron Von Hess. He's got to clear the air, he says. So that should be a controversial show. Still looking to book Tyson, um, uh, Tyson Real Talk. Also, and you guys can check me out on Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. We appreciate you guys all, all your love and support and feedback. Thank you so much. And sign and, and all the guests. Thank you. All right. Don't forget you can find me next week at Northwest Pro. That's in Vaughn, Washington, 10th year anniversary show next week. Also, next Friday on the show, we have with us Blake Money Wright out of WCWO, making big waves as he's traveling to some of the bigger companies like CZW. One week from this very day, famed and beloved wrestling broadcaster and historian Mick Karch scheduled to be here. Make sure you have plans to be with us. Everybody stay safe. Go support your local independence, and we will talk to you soon. 